Welcome to Empowered Conversations. I'm your host, Susie Petrozzi. This podcast will take you on a journey of personal growth and self-discovery through conversations with special guests that will inspire you to live the life of your dreams. Get ready now for an Empowered Conversation. Welcome, Susie Petrozzi here, and um, we're about to embark on a pretty amazing and a profound conversation. So stay tuned. And I would say, let go of what you're doing. You know, oftentimes when we're listening to podcasts, we get busy, we do three or four things at once. I mean, I know I can, I tend to do that. Um, or maybe if you're walking, that, that that's fine. Just so you can really absorb the essence of the conversation that you're about to hear. I have a very special guest with me today, all the way from US. Um, his name's Samuel Bond, and I'll share a little bit about Samuel. He's the author of Healing the Spirit, Matter Split, and the founder of The Waking Down Work. He has been a pioneer in the widespread embodiment and mutual evolutionary exploration of awakened consciousness. With his beautiful partner, Linda Groves Bonda, Samuel is the founder of the Human Sun Institute, a founding member of the Integral Institute and a charter member of the Integral Spiritual Centre. And I wanted to speak to Samuel today about his own spiritual journey, his own um, awakenings, awakening points along the way, and really get the essence of... Of, of his own growth and his journey so that he can share that with us and so that we can all really take those nuggets that we need for our continued spiritual evolution. So, Samuel, thank you so much for joining me for this Empowered Conversation. My great pleasure, Susie. I'm really very grateful to you for inviting me and uh, uh, very uh I have a great deal of respect. Um, knowing you, I'm sure uh, I would have a lot of um, deep regard for every single member of your audience also. Yeah, thank you. I mean, we we go back a few years. Our connections have always been um, virtually. Um, we've never actually met in person, but, you know, my, my respect for you is mutual. And I've always had, uh, I've always been very, you know, connected to you by way of kind of uh, just being with what is, your ability to truly be and um, to to be who you are and to be with another human being and to truly be connected. You've taught me a lot about connection. So I'd love for you to share a little bit about how, you know, how your spiritual journey began. Sure, thank you. Um, well, I was born uh, in New York City in 1950, uh, just turned 70. Congratulations. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> uh, and uh, moved to North Carolina, my family, uh, when uh, I was seven, uh, my sister and my, my parents. Um, and, uh, we were, uh, uh I, I was Jewish, uh, came from a Jewish family, um, and found myself living in a small Southern town growing up there, uh, that was almost entirely Protestant Christian. Uh, there were a few Catholic families, not too many. Um, so 
uh, you know, from early on, uh, I had exposure to different religious traditions. My family was not religious um, uh, in the sense that my parents, among Jews of their generation, uh, I think it was generally fashionable uh, to be very strongly Jewish by culture, Mm -hmm. cultural identification. But the God part was uh, at best iffy for a lot of people, I think it's safe to say. Uh, So uh, it wasn't really until I was 20 that I went through uh, a kind of a crisis where uh, I... I realized um, without, I didn't read any books or anything. I had been a very passionate student activist uh, in in college against the Vietnam War and got in some trouble for that that I never regretted. Uh, But by the next year, that was the end of my freshman year, by the next year, I had dropped out of all that, not by choice, but just something overwhelmed me with this recognition that everybody was so kind of blocked up by their own ego and absorbed in their own reflection on themselves that we had very little, as you were talking about, very little capacity for real connection. And uh, I felt that I was front and center, uh, very convicted of that that uh, uh, recognition about myself. Mm-hmm. And that led then to spiritual a religious opening to the divine, um, literally praying, you know, to a God I'd never prayed to. I sure hope you exist because I need your help. (laughs) Usually that's how it starts. (laughs) Sure enough, things began to happen that I felt, you know, were so improbable synchronicities, you know, these amazing coincidences and things. You know, I couldn't help but feel I was being guided. Mm Mm-hmm. And one of the early teachers that meant a lot to me was someone who I never met. Um, I think he, he died you know, uh, when I was 15. A German Jewish mystic and philosopher named Martin Buber, mm-hmm. who wrote a book called I and Thou. And without going into the details, it, it impressed me profoundly that the other is always profoundly important. And then a little later, when I began to feel like I needed to find a a deeper self-connection, a deeper somehow openness to a more infinite sense of my own identity, uh, that relational side of Buber's teaching uh, always stayed with me. The first book I read on spirituality uh, of the East, Autobiography of the Yogi, Mm. after reading it and it kind of completely blew my mind after reading it uh i wondered well is yoga going to be part of my path and within an instant i was kind of blown out <laughs> felt like blown out the top mm. uh is, you know you could call it that and into this amazing condition that i only was able to have any sense of afterward because it was it was a dissolution but uh, the most profoundly positive uh, release into who knows what 
that I, I recognize to be a, a profound temporary awakening. And that then led to a path that uh, went on for, well, that was 1970. So for another 22 years, I was a very dedicated spiritual seeker. Really, that kind of, that experience derailed any uh, career plans I might have had and um, sent me on this path, this journey that eventuated in 1992 uh, in uh, a very profound awakening, which in some ways was that same dissolution, but also right here. So, you know, if you can imagine um, being in touch with a kind of infinite ocean of spirit or this feeling of being, and yet still being yourself, walking around, doing your thing, uh, that's what opened up for me. Yeah, wow. And that led me, led me to talk in terms of things like healing the spirit matter split or waking down and then adding that phrase mutuality, waking down in mutuality, again, honoring the other. So mm. that's a short summary, and um, you may want to ask more, but... Yeah, yeah. Gosh, I want to. There are so many ways I want to go with that. Um, well, before we do, okay, yeah, this is where I want to go. Um, so it's interesting. You talk about different. You mentioned different awakening kind of points in your life. Um, I think when you were twenty, mm-hmm. you mentioned um, twenty-two. You dedicated yourself to spiritual seeking. And what's interesting is in 1992, which may have been around that time, I can't do my maths while I'm interviewing, (laughs) Um, you were saying that you were really, really connected to this infinite ocean of being and but but then also able to live your day-to-day life. And I think that that's often something that we all struggle. How can we? How can we connect to spirit, but then live this life, right? Live this material life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to ask about that, particularly in relation to today, in relation to the life that we're living now. Um, what you see, you know, how, uh, you know, I guess how more, much more difficult that is, or. Is that even a conversation that is that you know that's kind of going down the wrong wrong kind of path? I don't know. Just your thoughts on that, and then we'll open up into where it needs to go. Sure. Well, uh, yeah. Actually, to go back a little earlier, and of course, I haven't talked about my various teachers and so forth. And there, there were there were great spiritual adepts who, uh, both by their presence. The, the energy and awareness that they just radiated mm. and their teachings were very important for me. Uh, and the, the two that were most important, you know, part of what happened after that initial opening, which was such a tremendous ascent to who knows where. Mm. Up. Mm. And so then I began doing yoga to try to get back up there again. Yeah. And after a year and a half or so, it dawned on me, wow, uh, I know what it's like when that happens spontaneously, but, uh, you know, good luck for me to be able to do that again. <laughs> and and I, 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 I was in a kind of a, a state of frustration and even despair. Mm. 
And I came upon uh, the teaching and presence of uh, an Indian adept who had actually died in 1950, um, but whose presence was still very much alive. And he talked about the heart. And interestingly, for those you know who are tuning in with us, who are familiar with the uh, the psychophysiology uh, uh, of the chakra system, these subtle centers analogous to the spine uh, going up and down the, the, the body and the brain, um, the center of the heart that he was talking about was actually over on the right side of the chest, not in the center like the heart chakra. Mm-hmm. And the first time I tried the meditation that he recommended, which was a simple inquiry of who am I and feeling toward that place, uh, something opened up there that was uh, in its way equally as life-changing as what had happened in 1970. And then the teacher I spent most of my seeking years with was an American-born adept uh, who eventually, his final name, he changed his name many times. His name is Adida, mm. Adida Samraj, using Indian language, Sanskrit language. Um, and, you know, there's a zillion stories I could tell, but the main things were that through their presence and we could say spiritual transmission or radiation mm. uh, and the, the various practices I engaged through those years, um, what, what became evident to me at the conclusion of all that, and I had to leave all the gurus to find myself, a lot of what I also had to do was kind of reclaim my my integrity as a human person. In other words, to be, to be willing to trust myself mm. and my own, you and I have talked about this recently, my own inner guidance rather than that of the teacher. Mm. And yeah. so much of the work then, you know, that revealed itself I, after I went through this basic awakening and, and felt that that, that kind of infinite nature was grounded in my heart as well as being inclusive of somehow intuitively and in a simple way, not cosmic visions and travels and all that. I mean, I've had experiences, but they're secondary to this fundamental sense of being here. Mm. And so to, you know, to come back to your question, to me, that healing of a split between spirit and matter that uniting of ourselves, that integration of our material and our spiritual lives so that it becomes a singularity for each one of us. Um, that, it seems to me, is one of the most pressing challenges yeah. uh, for everybody today. And, and I feel like the whole biosphere needs us to kind of get here that much more fully. Uh, and and be that much more grounded uh, in our true and total selves, we could say, um, and, and to be still able, you know, to I mean, so many great spiritual people somehow lose the capacity to say I'm sorry, <laughs> mm. or things like, oh wow, I really didn't get where you were coming from. 
thank you. I really appreciate you setting me straight. It's like somehow you're supposed to be omniscient. And, you know, that's not how it is. We're all still here living this thing. Yeah. So yeah. hopefully that starts to answer your question. Yeah, that's, that's huge. I mean, when I say that's huge, I'm, I'm still holding um, what you just said, losing the capacity to say I'm sorry. Um, I think that's the case for a lot of leaders as well. Um, which then takes yeah. me back to what you were saying. Um, you know, how do, you know how do we get here more fully? How 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 do we do that? And my question to you is, how can we do that more? Well, everybody's got to find their own way, mm. and uh, the the deeper we go. In my experience, the less kind of pre-formulated trainings encompass everything we need. I'm not saying we can't be lifelong Buddhist practitioners or whatever, or or be engaged in a more contemporary process that someone has mm. up with. But one way or another, there there is a a, a dynamic cultivation of of our ever deeper um, individual integrity mm. uh, of, of of becoming more and more confident that we are in, in our in our fullness uh, we are the manifestation of that greater reality. We are living as that more and more fully. And we are more and more uh, humbly able to participate in our ordinary human mortality. So we're not leaping out of ourselves to try to get to eternal spirit somewhere else and, you know, hoping to, I mean, to, you know, to me, language like getting liberated from the wheel of birth and death mm. isn't relevant anymore. I appreciate those traditions, but, you know, to me, while we're here, we need to be here as fully as possible. And how to do it, everybody's got to find their own way. One of the things that's becoming obvious to me, though, mm. and to Linda, my wife and full partner, you know, we have this, this, this saying, the one great heart, and we like to spell that with a capital H, mm. the one great heart or that ultimate nature that we all share is coming alive and awake in, as, and through every body. And that heart nature has an intrinsic energy and um, it, it's hard to, you know, it's kind of like we're talking in code. It's mm. not. I'm not what I'm meaning is not um, the idea that that uh, you know there's an ultimate divine plan and everything that's happened is already prefigured, but there's this to me there's this evolutionary urge in the universe that's driving us humans essentially to figure out the answers to that question yeah. for each of us mm-hmm. and to help one another. And this is this is the key to you know for me, I think I, I've spoken with you about how, after kind of assuming the identity 
you know, sort of a working, I guess you could say, identity of teacher mm. so many years. And I'm still very much a teacher. Mm. Um, but I'm, I'm more comfortable, I'm finding, in, in representing myself and interacting with people as a coach. Mm. Um, because yeah. teacher somehow is kind of burdened with that up on the pedestal thing. <laughs> You know, if we had the time to unpack it, we could go into all the details or a lot of them. But there's something about, we like to say in our work, our existential equality. In other words, that every one of us, uh, every one of us is fundamentally equal to the other. That, you know, sure, some people are born with special gifts. We all are in our ways. Mm. But if we're going to help uh, Melinda Gates, Bill Gates' wife, had a great phrase I read from her. She's a very spiritual person. She said, you know, we've, we've got to help the light in every person shine. And, and another thing that she and, and her husband, Bill, you wouldn't think uh, necessarily, you know, where do you get your inspirations? Um, they have a fundamental agreement that's the core of their amazing foundation of such wonderful work and that is that every life has equal value mm, wow. so to me that is kind of the the energy of this democratization of we could say enlightenment or awakeness or simply sensitive deeply confident deeply feeling presence that we all have to find our ways to cultivate. Mm. And, and, and we go through changes. You, you know, as you're sharing that, I want to go back to you saying being a teacher you can be very burdened because, yeah, you know, as a teacher, you can often be placed on a pedestal or not. It's like one or the other. Um, and I think what it can often invite is others' projection. And that's a hard place to be in. Um, even as you share, you know, about Melinda Gates, I think, wow, what a great thing to, to really get conscious about that every life has equal value. Um, but I, 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 you know, not everyone's going to be able to, someone might say, might respond to that and say, well, but they, you know, they're very privileged. That's why they can see that. I mean, to me, I don't care. That makes sense to me. I take, the statement, because that's going to help me grow. That's going to help me become more conscious to look at things differently. Um, so I, my, my question then is, not everyone is going to be able to, of course, look at things in the way that um, I am looking at things, you, somebody else. Um, but I, you know, I do, I do think that, of course, everyone's path is very different. With all of that, sometimes it's hard to exist, you know, together in a, <laughs> in a harmonious way. And I don't even know if it's a question, but more of a statement. I mean, you know, I can, I can wake up and have the best intention, but I might get really annoyed and frustrated about something. But I have something in place to help me come back to my centre. A lot of people don't. And I think that's what you're talking about when I asked you the question about how do we, um, how do we get to live more fully? And you were saying it's going to be different. And 
we have to go deep and we have to all find some kind of ways of doing that. Um, uh, the question that I really actually want to ask is what are your what are your spiritual practices? I know that they're so imprinted that you know your they've shaped you to be able to be present more open. I mean, of course, you know you you get frustrated, you get angry. But what helps you come back to, you know, to be open to seeing, you know, every life as having equal value? Well, um, actually, let me uh, let me add an important piece uh, about the pedestal part. Yes, and that is that it, part of the problem with that is that there's mutual projection that goes on. Thank you for uh, saying and, that. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and in other words, the teachers project and the teachers mm. tend to assume that by virtue of my enlightenment or mm. my special degree of communion with this or that, you know, the deity that means the most to me, whatever it may be, um, everybody's got stuff and learning that that that's kind of lifelong work coming mm. up against our stuff. And at the same time, um, finding the help, the resources that you know, Linda likes to say, sing to your heart and the practices that speak to you at any given moment um, will eventually, I feel like this is part of where our shared deepest nature or, or greatest, most universal nature is, is driving us is into more and more um, a, a being anchored in that center mm. that is every bit as divine as it is human. Being anchored in and, 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 and basically finding that quality of our essential identity is not losable and it's always sustaining us you know it's the it's the the whole being version of the heart pumping that blood and and what that then does is it gives us that much more capacity to learn how to really meet and be with others who are very different from us really listen to someone's perspective when, you know, it seems to be perhaps dramatically at odds with our own perspective. And more and more uh, find what, what our unique contributions are that we can make here. Uh, and, and yeah, there are going to be times that uh, you know, we get upset, and you know, I I, uh, I was coaching someone the other day, and and uh, a lady was talking about how she's got a deep connection with God, and she feels she's being guided, but sometimes you know her stuff gets in the way. Mm. Uh, and you know, my question to her was, well, wait a minute, whose stuff is this, yours or God's? And for me, that's it's not just an abstract philosophical question. It's, it's about how our, like some of our frustrations may arise from a place in us that uh, 
that is a part of who we're becoming that isn't yet finding out how to be here. Mm. So, you know, as I'm talking today, Susie, I'm, I'm kind of aware that I might be creating more questions for people than answers. Um, that means we're on the right track. <laughs> in some ways, that could be very helpful. Yes, uh, you know, another, another. By the way, another. Uh, yeah, another point that came to me recently. I was talking with with uh, someone in in another kind of interview context, mm. and uh, uh, oh yeah, we we had yeah. Uh, we we had studied uh, some business, marketing, entrepreneurship things together, and she had gotten very, very skilled in intervening years. Uh, and so I was taking her course, and she said, "You know, it's really great that even though you know you're you're a teacher, you, you're you're still a student." Mm. And the words popped out of my mouth. As soon as you stop being a student you stop being a teacher. Mm. And at a deeper level, that ha goes to what we were just agreeing on, that it's as uncertain as it may be and as insecure as we may feel, it's really good to be entertaining, working with, delving into hard questions and not immediately going for the easiest answers that come to us. Mm. So... You know, it's, it's, it's a journey. It's a fierce, fierce struggle. And one way or another, everybody's going to gravitate into their version of it. I'm, I'm deeply convinced of that. Maybe not in this lifetime, but. Mm. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And, and, you know, that point you just made about not going for the simple <laughs> solutions or answers, but even going deeper, that is. That takes, that sometimes takes discipline or willingness or even courage. But I'm sure yeah. that that is often the key that unlocks more. So thank yeah. you for making that point. Now, yeah. what I wanted to ask you is, you know, as you look over your life and you've shared so many already, but on your special journey, your journey, when I say special, that's as being your unique journey. What have been mm -hmm. the lessons that you continue to learn? Well, uh, one of them is that the the deeper I go in awakeness, consciousness, uh, whatever terms we want to use for it, um, the more exalted the the intuitions of grace and spirit and reality may be, uh, the more I'm continually humbled. Mm. And humility is uh, a really profound grace, yeah. Uh, it keeps us open and certainly for me uh you know it it helps me and and uh, another lesson that kind of feeds into that uh is just getting that i can't really have 
ultimate answers. Mm. Um, there's there you know there, there there's a there's a confidence, there's a deepening of faith that's profoundly serene. But it doesn't mean that I'm not going to get exposed to real challenges. Yeah. I kind of shake up my mind and, uh, you know, are, are, are very stressful emotionally and energetically and in relationships. Mm. Uh, and, you know, giving life permission. <laughs> we, we, we have a phrase, um, let, let phenomena misbehave sometimes. I love that. Let phenomena misbehave sometimes. <laughs> yeah, and then and then at other times, don't let phenomena misbehave. And what I mean oh, by yeah. that is, yeah, you know, sometimes it's appropriate, and the will is there, yeah. where you can cultivate it to yeah. take positive steps and to mm-hmm. you know be the agents of our own destiny to the greatest possible degree. But there are other times when. Um, you know, we just have to let go and, and let life and people and events be as they are and understand, you know, one of the big things, especially for caregivers and change makers, one of the big, humble, uh, uh, big moments of, of uh, possible humility mm. is getting, oh, wow, I don't have the power to change that person. I, mm. I, it's not within my control to get these events to unfold the way I want them to. And, and I have to, in the process, let go of any kind of identity that I've got that's grasping onto that because I can't hold it. Mm. And, you know, so those kinds of lessons become uh, equally prominent with for me, you know, very um, deeply restorative, delicious moments of a kind of fuller dissolution mm. in, in the divine, the heart, that greater nature. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> I guess that kind of says <laughs> that. So I want to meditate on that now. <laughs> Because that is, um, that's big, yeah. There's a lot of that, you know, when we can really be with what you've just said. Um, I think the big one really is accepting that we don't have the power to change other people. I mean, oftentimes it's the very thing that I'm teaching my clients because, hello, it's also what I'm learning, you know, and, and my daughter, mm-hmm. my eight-year-old, will tell me, you're not the boss of me. I mean, can you mm-hmm. can you get that? <laughs> She tells me, you're not the boss of me, you can't tell me what to do. And it's almost like divine's really, really speaking to me. It's like, no, let go. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, there's such you – know, oh, I was just – yeah, it's very that, – that lesson, that letting go of any identity, you know, that's grasping onto that. Mm. Yeah, and at the, at the same time, you know, to use your example you were just using there um, – you are called to, um, you know, be be the 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 kind of the steward, the servant uh, of her well-being mm. in ways that sometimes do require you to say, "Here's how it is," you know, whether you like it or not. Exactly. 
And, uh, you know, in some ways that's a good, a good image of how we work with our own feelings and so forth. Sometimes, yeah. Yeah, sometimes there is that power to be in command and other times mm. situation not available. Yeah. And I think, I think one of the things I really want to encourage people to do is to give themselves permission not to be a soldier on the march 24 hours a day. Mm. And mm. To, give, to give ourselves permission while we, especially those of us who, who are embarked on, you know, deep commitments to, to grow and change in a variety of ways. Yeah. You know, I mean, someone who's listening might be engaged in a, uh, an educational program that's really challenging. Takes a lot out of them, mm. and they know they, they know they could do better, or they wish they could. Uh, sometimes your body is just going to say stop. Exactly. And, you know, taking care of these tender organisms, making sure you know. You asked me when we first got on on the phone. You know, are you getting enough sleep? Um, how was your rest last night? <laughs> those those are not minor questions. They're really big, and especially if, you know, I mean, in the world that I live in, if your spirituality can no longer be content with being apart from life and somehow uh, better than and different from your, your bodily existence, well, once you start surrendering into that bodily existence, the body's got a lot of things to tell you. Mm. Uh, and sometimes it's just going to say, excuse me, we're done for the day. Uh, or, you know, this weekend we're off. We're not, we're not working it. Yeah. Uh, you know, to, to give yourself permission to have a rhythm. Mm. Action and rest and fierce application and uncertainty. There was a great moment early in my more recent, like I started this specifically coaching work, mm. and my early uh, prospects, she didn't become a client, but we had a wonderful connection, who was a, um, a woman who was the founder and, as she put it, the heart and soul of a whole kind of a s- a small empire of hospitality companies, I think is one way to put it. And so, you know, there are literally like 150 or more people whose livelihood depended on her. And, and, and she was going through a crisis. And at one point she said to me, I just need somebody to give me permission to be clueless. <sighs> and that hit me like wow. you know, a thunderbolt. Mm. Um, first of all, that she was she trusted me enough and was vulnerable enough to flat out say it. But also I felt she was speaking for that part of all of us. Yeah, totally. That's there. And it doesn't go away by us becoming either more full of more knowledge or, um, you know, spiritually wise and awakened. Mm. I think that's maybe one of the kind of illusions we have or naive hopes we have. That you know, good. I'm never gonna. I'm never gonna feel clueless again. Mm. Nope. Yeah, 
Yeah, what a well, she's very um, fortunate to be working with you because I can imagine, well, I've experienced it a little bit in your role as a coach. You bring so much more, you know, from working on what's in front of someone to really then being able to expand and go big and, and to show someone how all of that is connected and how to bring that about, how to make how to bring them to a whole other place of consciousness in a way that they don't have to work hard is what comes up because, you know, there's this essence of, I, I don't know in, in the States, but certainly here in Australia, you got to work hard. Oh, it's hard. You know, I try so hard. It's like, well, stop doing that. Stop it. Stop working so hard. And, you know, what I experienced with you yesterday because we had this really beautiful discovery session, um, for me it was the openness, the, the expansiveness that you can take someone into by way of showing them what's possible when you're given the right context and ask the right questions. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. So tell me then, speaking of that, what is your vision for your life here? I mean, my life going forward? Mm. Well, thank you for asking. Um, Linda and I and folks who we've trained who now have wound up going through their own awakenings and, and are transmitter teachers or however they would frame it, uh, helpful guides and counselors and coaches to others. Mm. Um We've had a lot of success uh, on an intimate scale, and that's, for me and for Linda, that's always part of what we do to be going deep with, you know, a, a small number of clients, sometimes in a group context, some, but, you know, very, very often uh, and always part of it one-to-one. Uh, and uh, I'm looking to... Um, in my 70s, uh, I feel like <laughs> it's funny. My bec- my bucket list keeps getting longer. Um, if I feel like I've got a lot of work to do, including putting out uh, initially what feels like it it will be our flagship book, mm. uh, the title working title of which is "The Sun S U N in Your Heart Is Rising." Mm a call to help the light and everybody shine. And uh, I actually, you know, really a, a kind of a, a key was put in, in the lock that opened up the next phase of working on it for me when I, when I heard uh, that um, quote from Melinda Gates. Mm. There's a lot of every person that's got to learn how to help every, everybody shine. Mm. And, it's, you know, it's beautifully hopeful and optimistic and you know I do have a great optimism for us um, us all and I feel like for me and I know my wife and partner Linda feels similarly you know there there's some important pieces to put in place and hopefully we'll have uh, enough time left on the planet to to do it all uh, that book and some other books uh, looking to, you know, uh, vigorously uh, promote the book as well as simply writing it and putting it out there, which is mostly what I've done with my other books. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> one, one of my 
one of my promotion publicity coaches said, yeah, that's putting out a book and not promoting it is like uh, somebody having a baby and then leaving it in the dumpster. Well, <laughs> that's a good way to say it. <laughs> Take note of that. <laughs> a, harsh, a, a harsh image, but it really, uh, it, it, you know, yeah. gets properly in the book. Yeah. And, you know, and in general, you know, to me, Susie, well, you know, like talking with you and being able to do this podcast and mm. hopefully having some helpful uh, impact for, you know, those who listen in mm. um, and be, to be able to serve people who are here, you know, either already making a difference or knowing that they're here to make a positive difference, who can't just kind of go through life in the slow lane, but know that they've got to, you know, kind of take themselves out to the edge to keep tuning in to what their next great call is. Um, and yeah, you know, people who have that great value for uh, the light and the life of everybody and want to help us all uh, fulfill our potential. Mm. Uh, you know, if I'm going to summarize in a few words, that's that's my future. That's that's what I'm here for. Yeah. Um, the title of your book, which really sums up what you're saying, really touches the touches something in me, and I know you've said it does for a lot of people, um, which Thank is you. no That's surprise. Well, I really appreciate it. That's great feedback, and um, um, you know, uh, everybody kind of keep a prayer for us uh, mm. that I can get we can get the work done on it, and you know, find. Uh, the various resources and connections to be able to um, help others uh, know that this kind of help is here. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, a lot of what I, I do, I do a daily, uh, what we call gazing transmission or practice on Facebook and a, and a short meditation. And Linda and I do virtual, we call it virtual heart gatherings every uh, generally every couple of weeks now on Zoom. Uh, and we've scheduled them thanks to having some some friends in Australia who really, you know, said, hey, what about us? We do, we do one of those each month uh, uh, on a Saturday afternoon and the other on a Sunday morning. So yeah. the Saturday afternoon is actually coming up this Saturday. Great. I appreciate you mentioning that. So tell us a little more about what, what is how, how our listeners can find out more about the Facebook. Um, so the, the gazing, which I've well, been a part of, that's pretty powerful. Um, okay. So what is the name? Uh, well, the Facebook page where I do the, the gazing, I call it an unshakable joy, fundamental wellness immersion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, that's uh, every day at different times, and mm -hmm. I try to keep the time at the top of the page. But it's my Facebook page, mm -hmm. Samuel Bonder. Now, Samuel is spelled like Daniel with an S, and Bonder is uh, like James Bond with an E-R. Mm -hmm. Yeah, great. <laughs> uh, so that's, that's there, and, um, and that's, that's free, or, or rather, everybody's welcome, and uh, we welcome your donations, but don't require them. Mm. Uh, another thing that is, you know, entirely free and available, uh, 
uh, is uh, a video, an introductory video called titled uh, The Heart and Waking Down in Mutuality. Uh, and you can find that on a web page titled humansoninstitute.com uh, forward slash V hyphen heart hyphen uh, and hyphen waking hyphen down, I think. I should know that. Uh, but anyway, you can find it. If you, you can find Google. it, I'll put it in the in the description. If you can just give it to me, yeah. and then I'll yeah attach that in there. Oh, there you go. That's okay. Um, so that so I'm really I'm sure even if we go into human institute human sun institute is it human sun institute or the web the actual web address human institute uh, human sun institute is one of dot com is one of our web addresses uh-huh. our main website is sanielandlinda.com okay a n d linda uh, and on the calendar all of these events ah fantastic are great so. Uh, I'll give you that also. Mm. All right. So we're coming to the close of our conversation, Samuel. Um, mm-hmm. What I want to ask you is um, one key message that comes from you at this point of our conversation to really help others to kind of help them really anchor in them in themselves to just to wake up even more radically, I know that's a big, big statement, but you know, I'm, I'm, I, that's yes. how that's how I roll. <laughs> that's good. Well, if that's how you roll, I'm sure your listeners are uh, have an appetite for that. Mm. Well, you know, the the that that phrase that's the title of the forthcoming book, mm. "The Sun in Your Heart Is Rising." Yeah. Um, what happened to me? The the awakening that took place in 1972, where I felt. It's like this uh, infinitely bright intensity of, of light and presence deep in this place in the heart of my, my body and my being kind of sprang to life. And my whole journey has been that heart revealing itself to be everyone and everything. And so when I say the sun in your heart, uh, that's not, for me, it's not a metaphor. Mm. Uh, in the ancient Indian scriptures, they talk about how the, the, the great divine nature there, you know, it's the, it heats the body from head to foot, digests the food. It literally is the very force of our being, and it's where the heartbeat begins. Mm. And that, so, the, you know, the, the language people sometimes use, you know, I know God is in my heart. You're saying something deeper than you may be completely confident in, Mm. but it's really true. And God is awakening in and as and through you. Mm. You you don't need to have a religious concept here. Your greater nature is the greater nature of everything and everyone, and it will not stop without your realizing your fullest potential to the greatest possible degree. Now, does that mean that everybody's going to have a perfectly fulfilled life? 
uh, and look back at the end of their days and say, yeah, I did everything I hoped to do? Probably not. Mm-hmm. But in the longer, the, the greater perspective of the evolution of humanity, something has shifted so that everybody's calling to realize their own greatest potential is, I mean, life itself is supporting that. You know, mm-hmm. if you look at what people are able to do, what kids are able to do these days, <laughs> they do on YouTube yeah. or on these talent shows, you know, the capacities that we are continuing to open up and share with each other. So, you know, to each one of you, um, if you are opening into your greatest growth, you will have hard times, you will have down times, you know, persevere, stay the course, stay open to input that will help you make next moves. And please know that there are others of us who are blessing you and praying for you every day and receiving your blessings just by you getting up in the morning and daring to be who you are. Thank you, Samuel. What a what a way what a way to finish this incredible conversation. I thank you. Thank you for sharing you. You know, thank you. Thank you for your journey. Thank you for living your journey to to your fullest capacity. Um, thank you for your willingness to learn and go so deep so that you can impart that to to us. And um, I know you'll continue to do that until your time's up. <laughs> and, then, and then probably go do it somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, then you'll be celebrating. <laughs> so, and you're like, I, I'm grateful for our friendship and for our collaboration as always. Um, yeah. Yeah, you're welcome, Susie. Let me just add that one little point. Thank mm. you for that word, celebrate. Yeah. Have fun, everybody. (laughs) Celebrate. Linda likes to say celebrate the small things and the subtle little changes. Take deep pleasure in what gives you pleasure. You know, let's make this as playful and fun a journey as we can. Yeah. Thanks for joining me today on Empowered Conversations. Subscribe to the show now and then head over to my Facebook page, Susie Petrozzi, for free personal growth and self-discovery tools that you can use today to be present, be powerful and be on purpose. See you next time for Empowered Conversations.